This episode of the Card Insiders podcast is brought to you by OmniSend. OmniSend enables nimble e-commerce teams to increase sales, not the workload, with highly relevant email and SMS marketing automation. One-click e-commerce stack integrations, pre-built workflows, and intuitive drag-and-drop editing makes it easy to get up and running without diving into the gritty details, unless you want to. More than 50,000 e-commerce brands use OmniSend to grow their business on autopilot, shouldn't you? To learn more about how OmniSend can help you grow your business, visit OmniSend.com. Welcome, everyone, to Season 2 of the Card Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Zakwitz. In this season, I'll be speaking with e-com professionals to help you get your online business ready for the holiday season. For today's topic, we're discussing the power of customer service. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to kindly ask you to tell your friends and colleagues about us, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or are interested in sharing your email marketing or e-commerce story, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at podcast.omnisend.com. Let's jump into today's episode where I welcome to the show guest who joins us from the marketing team over at the help desk company, Gorgeous, Lucas Walker. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for letting me come on and and hopefully educate. And if I'm lucky, entertain your listeners a little bit. I know that they just pause to go leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if for no other reason than uh, the good karma themselves when uh, they are looking to get more reviews for their stores. So thank you for everyone who left a review. And if I can shamelessly plug season two of our podcast, e-commerce like file coming up pretty soon, look for that as well. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. I am excited to jump into the meat and potatoes of this conversation. Very good. I'm all about shameless plugs. And of course, we will have one extra five-star review coming up next week. So for that one person that dipped away, Lucas, let's let's jump in just real quick level setting. So we're talking about customer service. I mentioned you work for Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Can you just briefly tell us, you know, introduce who Gorgeous is, type of companies you guys work with, just so people understand the direction you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So we're the number one rated help desk for Shopify for e-commerce. We're we're on Big Commerce, we're on Magento as well, and we're really the first help desk built for e-commerce. So we're not worried about things that a SaaS company might have. We want to help you answer the questions like, "Hey, where is my order? How do I purchase this? Do you take Amex as quickly and as efficiently as you can?" And we really work with the full gamut of of companies, even. From I know it's a little bit of a, a dirty word in e-commerce, but from dropshippers who are solopreneurs to to a lot of the mom and pop brands like myself, like I was, who maybe it's the owner of the company doing customer support or wants to talk to their customers and s- stay close there. We have a lot of smaller businesses, all and then of course all the way up to the big household names that you know, like Death Wish Coffee, like Steve Madden like movement watches. So we we do work with a, a whole wide spectrum of, of company sizes. But if you're an e-commerce company, especially if you're on one of the big carts like Shopify, Big Commerce, Magento, and you hear about your customers, it's worth taking 10 to 15 minutes to look at gorgeous. Very good. Appreciate the background. You know, and we're going to jump right into the conversation today. And there's no matter if it's email marketing, if it's social media marketing, paid search, whatever it might be, in this case, customer service, there are always overlooked items that people either take for granted or they just don't even think about them for kind of peak time. So from your standpoint, where you guys sit, you know, is there something that you commonly see clients or companies overlooking from the customer service standpoint that they should be like, hey, Holidays can be fast and furious. You should probably do this. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad that we're jumping into sort of a wrap-up question first, Greg. And let's 
pause. I want to do a little bit of a disclaimer. What I'm going to say is very gorgeous heavy, just because I know we can do it in the platform. I think you do most of this or some of it with other help desks, but I'm just going to be saying it through how to do it through gorgeous because I know, I know where the stuff is. Very good. Just so if anyone get, wants to give a four-star review by saying, well, it was useful, but it could have been a little bit more neutral. I work for Gorgeous. I'm in the platform day in and day out. I do customer support through Gorgeous. I just know where everything is. So let's talk about what's overlooked when it comes to customer support. And the first thing is having a mindset that customer support has to be reactive. Because customer support is keeping your customers happy. You're literally your most valuable asset. Happy customers. They're profitable. They and everything that you just mentioned, you've got a lot going on with email, SEO, search engine marketing, literally all of those things tie back to your customers. What emails have a high, high, high open rate? If you think of a newsletter blast or a flow and you can hit 50% open rate, 70% open rate, you're bragging about those stats, but you're the emails from your customer support team in a very intimate setting where people are open to clicking calls to action, like leaving a review when they've been getting all these automated emails from everywhere, from Amazon and Wayfair, other stores and yours, the likelihood of converting from an email uh, through customer support is really, really high. And you can do some cool things with OmniSend, maybe in a, in a welcome flow or post-purchase flow, and just say something like, hey, before we send that, hey, thanks so much for that order. We're going to ask you for a review. Before we do, is there anything stopping you from giving five stars? And then so you automatically send that out. And then you push back to Gorgeous. You use a little bit of automation to filter out, is someone happy or unhappy? And then boom, you're increasing reviews, increasing your email open rate. So email, obviously Facebook, Instagram. If you're listening while, while going for a social distance walk or something right now, while I'm rambling, open up Instagram, go to the first ad that you see with some comments and how many people are asking purchase intent questions. I saw a tweet yesterday that showed the cost to acquire a customer has already reached BFCM 2019 levels. And it's only going to go up from here on out. So sort of the low, the low tacks of March to August are gone. You have to make your ads as efficiently as possible. And some a very easy way to do that is to just respond to the comments and the questions. You spend so much time refining your ads, spending the budget to find what, what resonates. And then somebody asks you a question like, do you take Amex in the comments? And then you just leave them hanging instead of responding to them through your help desk and saying, yes, we do, and getting that free remarketing. And finally, with SEO, go and look through your tickets, find out what people are asking, and address those common questions because they're probably trying to Google it first before opening up a ticket. Add that to your product pages, add it to your, your help docs, add it to your about us page, add it to your homepage if it makes sense to give you a little SEO boost there. Do you see any customers that actually use like temporary FAQs? So you just gave the example of, hey, if someone is constantly asking questions about this, Right, or doing the search for it, they're going to search for it first. And if it's not in the FAQ, it might just go to a black hole. They might go elsewhere to shop. Do you have, or have you seen clients that have gone like, it doesn't make sense for us to do this year round, but during these peak seasons, this tends to be one of the most popular questions. We need to start adding it to our FAQs. Is that something that you see, or is it just good practice? Hey, if they're asking at the holiday season, we should just have that in our FAQs all the time. So I would update it to... Well, it depends on the question. So let's just use a couple of common examples with everything going on with USPS. People are probably asking about shipping time. Sure. Put that in your homepage top banner bar and really 
leverage that to address that. People are saying, will I get my order before Christmas, before Fastenest? Address that where most people see it. If it's product related, say, let's say you sell out and you're doing another run, put that on the product page. So if people are saying, will I get this before Christmas or, or a holiday, then have it there and say, we are currently out of stock, but accepting pre-orders at a 20% discount, please note you will not receive this until January. So address it where it makes sense for that customer to first hit it. Now, having said that, absolutely update your FAQs for what is your holiday shipping policy? What's happening here? What's happening there? And in Gorgeous, you can add macros. And we even do this smartly. So if you're constantly typing the same sentence a few times in a row, we'll suggest it as an autocomplete. So the same way that when you are just running an email and it says, hey, and I type G, it fills in Greg or Gregory. We'll start to do that for you automatically if it's something that you're you're constantly saying a lot. So so yes, absolutely have sort of those temporary things, but make it as easy and frictionless as possible. And Lucas, I found it also interesting. One of the things you said before is about hey, you know, trigger off that review message earlier than maybe mm-hmm. you normally would, right? So you know, they just place an order and maybe it comes the next day, whatever it might be. I think it's a really interesting point and. It may be beneficial year-round. It might be beneficial each holiday season. I think this year is one of those years where, I mean, October, November, December, it's been trending this way, but I think it's just accelerated this year where the holiday shopping season is going to be much longer. It's going to start much sooner. It's already started. So we're looking at this and saying, I think it's interesting that being able to maybe identify less than desirable experiences early in the year gives you a larger window to help save that customer to come back to purchase for the remainder of the holiday season. So I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that before. And I think this might be one of those years, if you've been debating that or saying, I don't know if it's going to work, it might be a really good tool for you to help secure second, third, maybe fourth purchases for the holiday season as well. Yeah. And let's, this might just be the podcast because I feel like I'm going to go off for about 10 minutes here because there's just so much to decompress. So let's evaluate a few common scenarios that, that merchants might face and, and really how offering good support can, can help them prepare for BFC with that. Let's do it. With you, and then you can steer. So scenario one, they shopped from your store for the first time during, during COVID, and now they want to come back, but they haven't left a review. You're seeing that their emails are, are down. Maybe not everyone who has a bad experience will open up a ticket. So maybe start by proactively opening up some of those tickets just to say, hey, how is your order? Most of our happy customers really like to leave a review. We noticed you didn't. Let us know why. And you're warming that customer up before you start most of the, the S word, before you're hitting them with a lot of marketing and asking. So you're, you're just making sure that everything is all right, just in case that there wasn't something and positive, then you're building it up. And let's say second scenario, they're ordering from you for the first time during BFCM. Reviews have a little bit of an expiry date. If you go on a website and you see that the highlighted reviews are from 2019, 2018, 2017, it feels a little stale and you wonder, well, why hasn't anyone given a, a positive review in the last few years? With the amount of online shopping happening, the, if the rate of reviews uh, that people leave themselves as customers it stays the same, you're just now competing with more for more reviews. If it's going down because people have re- review fatigue and they're just sick and tired of reviewing every purchase that they make, you're also going to have a harder time getting those reviews. And you made an excellent point of, you know when that order is arriving, use that to automatically open up a ticket, say, hey, we saw your package arrived. We'd love to see a picture. 
We'd love to see a picture, make sure that it arrived there safely. And if you're in it, we'd love to feature you in some of our, our marketing and you'll get a $10 gift card for your next purchase. So now you're proactively addressing a negative experience, but if it's a great experience and they're super excited, you're getting a photo, some UGC you can use in your ads. And by offering that discount code, you're encouraging that second purchase, which is the next item I wanted to talk about, which is where are you focusing your efforts? Are you a new brand trying to acquire customers to make that first purchase for the first time? Or are you trying to market that second purchase? I think everyone learned in business school 101 or from the office that it's way cheaper to retain a customer. So why not spend a little bit more time getting them to come back and spending way less on ads and then actually getting a marketing asset you can use? Because if there's one thing that I learned during my time as a merchant, Taking good product photos is really, really hard. And user-generated content just always performs better. Makes a lot of sense. Social proof. I'm a huge advocate of social proof. So I think it, it some very practical things you gave there. Let's talk about tickets and sending emails and things like this, which kind of leads me into like this whole channel concept of, yeah. you know, we see obviously gorgeous, you guys do it, but we see, we have seen a rise of live chat being used on you know, websites, not only retailers, but B2B, everything in the last couple of years. Uh, personally, I had a order saved, I think maybe on Black Friday, about two years ago, because I was at the checkout phase and it wasn't accepting my address for whatever reason, right? And there was, it yeah. wasn't pre-filling, right? So, and I couldn't figure out why. The address was there, everything was right. Mm -hmm. And then they had the live chat and I'm like, all right, this is, I'm not calling, I'm not sending an email. It's either you're getting my business or you're not. And I used yep. the live chat. It was staffed by a human. You could tell it was a human. Yep. They helped me out. They got it. And there's no way in the world I would have figured out it was something with their system that was a little quirky. And she's like, well, you just have to enter and it this way. There you go. Got my order. Live chat's been there. When you're from a channel perspective, what from either email, live chat, you know, chatbots, things like that, what are you seeing from a shift of channel perspective, how customers prefer to use customer support channels yeah and first off that company owes you a drink or a thank you or something because you saved them a lot of lost revenue earlier on by reaching and contacting them so they could fix that i actually have a podcast with nick sharma coming out about that exact situation so it resonates very very close to home so thank you for once again giving me a little bit more social proof of that you use case of live <laughs> chat in terms of uh really the rise of real-time communication, it is very close to purchase. And you gave me a softball of almost the perfect scenario to try it, is focus close to cash. If you get a lot of traffic on your blog, homepage, products, collection, etc., you can have, you'd be very overwhelmed, especially if you don't organize it at all, because all of a sudden you just have all these questions coming in. So always start close to cash, start on the cart page, on the product page, where people have those questions. I think with chat in general, there are two things. One is start on those pages and get that your proprietary data. Are your customers using chat to the point that it makes sense to expand it and have somebody dedicated to that? Usually the answer is yes, but not always. Sometimes it's, it's a waste of time and there are tons of times where people go against the industry standard. Now, the, the second part of that is keep an eye on what your competition is doing. And if they have a live chat on their website, your customers are probably expecting it. So you want to keep up that way. 
But if your competitors don't have a live chat, but other complementary companies do, and your ideal customer, your ideal customer is used to chat and looking for chat, then use that as a marketing point. Everything that you do that benefits a customer, you should tell them, hey, we just launched live chat. So even though with long lines and, and difficulty shopping in stores, we're replicating this experience for you. All you have to do is come to the website, open up the live chat to talk to a human, and we'll help you find the products that you want for the holiday season. So turn that into a marketing advantage and get a little bit of that novelty uh, in the sense of being new so that you're not playing catch up when your competition does. And then finally, I'm sure in OmniSend you can have, if you don't have one already, set it up, but have a VIP list of customers who have spent over a certain amount or they spend a lot of money with you or you know they're an influencer, et cetera, and really dive in and just ask them, say, hey, would you be interested in a live chat? Do you like to shop via live chat? And they might say, yes, I'm really glad you asked. I was looking for it on your website, but I didn't see it. Or they might say, no, I hate that. So start with a segment of the types of customers that you want to get more of and really see if it benefits them to drive sales. I think it's a really interesting point because the more people you've spoken to uh, from uh, like an entrepreneurial side or business owner or executive over the last, you know, probably, I would say for me, the last maybe 18 months, I've heard more and more. We call our customer or we reach out to our customer. Or we communicate with the customer, whereas before it was you're just pushing stuff to them and then waiting for any sort of responses. So I think it's really interesting that you mentioned, hey, get your VIPs, get your segment of high spenders and ask them what they want because they're the ones that are spending the money with you. And you talked earlier about repeat customers and obviously we all know the expense of retaining those versus acquiring new ones. Well, I need real data right here for my Yeah, A customer who ordered twice with our company treats happen, a natural dog treat company, not on subscription, like our average just general customer value was like 60 bucks or $67. If they were on subscription or ordered more than three times, then they would spend over $300 with us. So we, our LTV was five times higher with a repeat customer and our marketing wasn't sophisticated. It was literally just email marketing and really engaging with them and understanding what matters to them. So by being able to understand what your customers want, you can really maximize your LTV without spending too, too much more, more money, especially if you're using a quality email marketing solution that's built for e-commerce, much like OmniSend is. Very good. And you mentioned I gave you a softball before. I play softball and I'm actually a pitcher, so I'm lobbing these right over for you. What's your take on chatbots, right? So small retailer might sit there and say, okay, I love live chat. I just don't have the staff to support it during the time, or I can only offer it in limited hours, but chatbots might be that kind of bridge solution for them. There's obviously benefits to it, and it can also cause frustrations to the shopper who might have a question that the chatbot is kind of serving those FAQ or those those basic questions and answers. Are chatbots worth it? Are they worth experimenting during the holiday season versus other times? Can you give a little perspective from where you sit on the, the use of chatbots and where maybe where they're most effective? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, so I have a little bit of data, but I'm going to use an analogy first. I have no hair, so <laughs> you can't see this, but that's why I wear a hat and everything. I'm bald. Secrets out. I don't have a good head of hair. We need to end this interview right now. If I were to wear a toupee or some sort of hair system, if you don't know that I'm wearing a toupee, it looks great. If you don't know that it's a chatbot, it can be great. Or 
if you manage the expectations and say, hey, uh, in an effort to help you out faster, let's see if I can resolve you. What's your question about? Looking at some triggering keywords. If it's something I've just, hey, I ordered a while ago, where can I order? Do you have any questions while we while we wait? We're helping so many shoppers right now. We have about an eight-minute wait time. What can I help you out with? So if it's on the way to a human, it's almost like the Disney World queuing theory where it makes the customer a lot happier. Having said that, a bad chatbot is just just awful. So run it through yourself. Go to a few websites and see what they do that you like and don't like as a shopper. But in general, a good chatbot is just really trying to proactively prepare the customer to either resolve the situation on their own or prepare the, the human for for. And if we want to get really personal as well, it's no secret that support agents can face a lot of verbal abuse from customers. So if you do have customers who are a little bit more on the, the Karen side of empathy, it can be a good way to shield your staff and your team from potential verbal abuse. That's an interesting point. I never would have thought about that. Have you seen that happen a lot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If Are you on TikTok, Greg? Uh, I am not. There are TikToks of uh, customer support agents showing what people are saying to them. It happens far more often than than I would like. So it's just another human side of things. It's just, and as that is a PSA to anyone who's listening, when you if you do deal with a, a support agent as you're doing your holiday shopping, give them a little thank you, show them a little a little love. It's not always an easy job, so that go a long way. Something that happens all the time, but it's definitely a a side effect of of working customer support. So I told a story on an earlier podcast. We were talking about just this customer service and we just got in this conversation. I said, you know, I'm usually, I'm just normally a pretty calm and level-headed guy, but when I call support, I will get to a certain point and then I'm just like, all right, you're not helping me. And then my frustrations start to come out. And I always make it a point when I'm about to yell at someone, like, listen, I know this isn't your fault, but you're the one I'm talking to, right? So, but I think with this whole COVID situation where people are dealing with their own stresses and kind of things are just exacerbated, you know, we are looking at people that are maybe being nicer than they normally would because they understand that the person on the other side of the line might be feeling this call from home. They've got kids in the background. They are maybe underworked or, you know, reduced, whatever it might be, right? They're, everyone's kind of going through their own thing. I think this is the one thing where I've been personally cognizant of trying to be nicer, telling people, thank you for your help, and just kind of entering those conversations with a better mindset. And I think for the most part, they've been more helpful for me as well. So, you know, kind of just showing that empathy a little bit, I think can go a little bit of a long way for the level of effort that they may want to convey over to you. Oh, absolutely. People are just so much more responsive when you're kind to them. You think about this, Greg, if we came, let's say we were recording in, in person and I was going to be late and I said, hey, my other more important meeting ran late. We're going to have to start 20 minutes late. You'd say, okay, but there's nothing rude about that, but it's fine. If I were to say, hey, Greg, I'm really sorry. This meeting's running long. I'm showing up 20 minutes late. If I'm going to be late anyway, let's just bump it back. Can I bring you a coffee or anything? And it's just, the exact same thing, but you're going to be much more accommodating to me with a, a little, if I just show a little bit of humanity and to bring it back to why people are listening, not to just be told to be nice to one another. I think there's, I think Bill and Ted just launched another movie for we want to go down that route, being excellent to one another, but use that in your marketing and, and really understand what your customers might be going through. 
it's if they can't get to the post office because of COVID as frequently or, or something, and they they, tr- they respond to a promotional email saying, hey, can I return this? Use that while leveraging how how you can be empathetic with customers. We had people who would respond to us, to our email saying, oh, I signed up because I liked it, I love it, but I just lost my dog and things are pretty tight. We're selling a premium product. We would just ship them some free product because we know that when the tough times are over, they'll remember who took care of them and not say, oh, sorry, this is just for customers only. Our, our cost on product was so low, we wanted to really delight them. And every communication with your customer should give that slight dopamine hit and that slight excitement, whether it's opening an email, what what's the new product that this company is launching? What promotion are they doing? Who are they collaborating with? Oh, wow, I abandoned my cart. I did mean to check that out. I'm glad they followed up with me. That should be the feeling of emotion that your customers get when they open up a message from I agree. And I, I like the example of the uh, being late for the podcast and the coffee, right? It, it, exact same situation, nothing changes other than maybe you're an extra one minute late because you stopped to give me a cup of coffee, but I get something out of that, right? So that's really good example. I am going to flip this back to channels a little bit and you touched on a little bit of this, but I want to dig just a little mm-hmm. bit deeper. And I'm going to ask you kind of like three questions in one. So I'm, I'm doing you no favors here whatsoever, Lucas. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I don't care. It's the poor editor who has to go back and sort through that. What did you ask me again? <laughs> we talked about channels before. So I try to break this down into a couple questions here. But one, is there a better use of a particular channel for a particular situation? So such as email is better for this typically, live chat is better for this typically, social is better for this typically. And then I want to pivot then to live chat because we talked about the increase of that. And just want to say, is in today's world, as we sit here, is live chat necessary to fit into that mix of this is better for this, this is better for this? So let's break it down. And I'm, I'm going to answer the question, uh, all three questions very indirectly. But email is still the hub. And that's where your, your customers search for you first. It's where a live chat should be sent, the transcript sent to email anyway. If you have that on file. If it's through email, there's just more data for each party. Hold on, I need to cough. There's just more data for either party. So if a customer is looking for a tracking number, they'll probably check their their email first because that's where it works. It might be Mm -hmm. the promotions folder, it might be somewhere else, but it'll probably be in their inbox somewhere. Social gets a little bit harder. If somebody has a funny username like I do, at Pumpkin Spice Lucas, that's not going to sync with order data. That conversation is probably going to be moved to email anyway. Email is by far the highest performance channel across all of our customers. So it's still email first and foremost. However, it is trending down slightly since last year. So a little bit less email usage if we look across all of our customers in all channels within live chat, email, everything else. Uh, email when was about 76% of all tickets and now it's at 74. So still within a margin of error. So email will be about three quarters of all tickets. Even now, we're di- we've just seen such an increase in volume across the board that it feels like chat is coming up so much more. In terms of channels to use, I really say focus on, on the urgency. And we're going to be getting really tactical into logistics here and breaking down a few scenarios. One, like you on the cart page, 
is this urgent to making a sale right now? That should be the priority. If it's following up for update on the order, that should get a response before that order arrives. Having something say, oh, we're, we're really behind uh, due to overwhelming stuff. Customers don't care that you're behind. They just want to know where their stuff is. Mm-hmm. So if, and as a customer, sending that ticket or send, sending that message to the company, getting, getting that reply back, receiving your package, and then coming back and then getting a response back is pretty useless. Now you've wasted my time with an extra email and you never got back to me to answer my question. I hate it. And then the last situation is another very common question is, well, where's my order? How do I update my, my order? Can I cancel that? I ordered the wrong thing. You need to respond to that before that product leaves your warehouse or 3PL, uh, which is why we do work pretty closely with a lot of um, 3PL and fulfillment vendors. So those are sort of three different situations where that all have a little bit of urgency related to them. And then finally, just to manage your customer expectations, it's always better to over-communicate because one of the worst situations is what's called the customer support death spiral, where you open a ticket, maybe you just respond to the confirmation email and then just say, hey, feels like it should have been here by now, where is it? And you don't hear back from a couple of days. So then you go on the website and then you open up a chat, but that email hasn't been responded to. And then while you were doing that, you also saw one of their ads for, on Instagram. So you say, hey, I ordered two months ago, or I ordered eight days ago, but I haven't gotten it. So now you have three tickets for the same issue because you didn't resolve it the first time. And customer expectations are not getting any slower. They're not expecting you to take less time or more time to respond to them. And when we see customers responding back within two hours on average to, to every question, it's totally doable with some a little bit of AI on the back end to segment and route and assign based on urgency and priority. I love how you frame it to the urgency perspective. I think it's a really good perspective for anyone to look at and say, okay, we've got these things and maybe you're on their staff and you can only commit to a couple of things. But I think it's a really good kind of litmus test to say, okay, right, what are we focusing on first? So I love the fact you said that, Lucas. I appreciate that so much. I'm going to ask you one more question on customer service before I shift to something else. But I'm going to ask you to kind of sum it up. And if you've already given detail on some of the things you've talked about, if they fit the answer to this, you don't have to go again, kind of circle back to it. But if I say, okay, Lucas, let's cut through the BS, right? And let's say, here are one, two, or three things you should do. Don't ask me any questions, but just get it done for the holiday season when it comes to customer service. What would you say those are? Easy. Buy gorgeous and say that <laughs> Lucas Walker sent you so I get credit for it. Hundred like easy, done. All right. How about how about the affiliate Number to, two, to the side, right? Buy OmniSend. <laughs> say Yeah. Say, say that Lucas sent you. No, but jokes aside, what are the three things? Just get to the chopper. Come with me if you want to sell kind of thing. It could be one, two, or three, right? I'm not stuck to a number. It's just these are the things that no matter what, do these. Don't ask me any questions. Get it done. Yeah. So I'm channeling my inner Gordon Ramsay for this one. Because I'm assuming that the types of merchants and entrepreneurs who are listening listening to e-commerce podcasts about customer service and email marketing are, are going to be a little bit more advanced. So I'm not going to do any of the one-on-one stuff. So this is, this is going to be a little bit more advanced and it's going to get really heavy really fast. So if you need to replay to keep up, just hit that back button. Are you ready, Greg? I'm ready, man. I'm going to try to do... Seatbelts in. Three things in under 60 seconds. Right. I'm just watching the timer here. So All right. it hits 40. 
One, look at your data. What products have sold the most? What emails did the best? What tickets in your customer support help desk are you spending the most time responding and minimize the effort that that will cost you down the road? Put your best sellers on your homepage. How much inventory do you have? Use that as your promo. Use your data to make your decisions. A lot of times the answer will surprise you. Number two, Make sure your messaging is the same across the board. If you're doing a new product drop and promoting it by email, you're trying to get more reviews, have your customer support team aligned with that. So your customer support voice is the exact same as your brand voice. And third, really, really, really audit what you're spending your time on. If you're repeating it, you can probably automate it and you don't have to automate the full thing. A great example of automation is uh, what we do, pulling in all that Shopify data, big commerce data, Magento data with the customer information so you don't have to open up a bunch of tabs and cut and paste. Kill it. All right. Excellent. 63 seconds. Three over, we'll cut out the last three seconds. So it'll be like a cliffhanger. We'll have part two. (laughs) Very good. I appreciate the, not only the answer, but the succinctness and brevity of it. So I love it. Uh, Lucas, I want to ask you a question. We always ask our our guests here about how you digest information, business information, whatever it is, whether it's reading books, uh, audio books, you know, websites, newsletters, what types of content do you enjoy and and how are you digesting uh, business information? Yeah, this is a great question. I'm so glad you asked because everyone talks about Audible and Kindle and all that stuff. I don't want to give Bezos any more money. You can get all your favorite books for free from the library. There's an app called Libby. You get ebooks, audiobooks. What I do is I go maybe once a month, find a list of books I should read, queue it up, and listen to audiobooks. I love that. I've started using Blinkist as well. So I'll, I'll, while I'm waiting for the books to come up, I'll get a little preview of the book and then digest even more so when I get it, or I go back and revisit it through Blinkist. I'm a big audio guy, so I love audiobooks while we're just going for a walk, riding my bike, etc. I love podcasts as well. There's so many great ones, obviously, both of ours, but I know that I don't know if I can say the compet- say a competitor, so I'll say the host. But Ben from Privy, he's got a really good one that's tactical from an entrepreneurial perspective, and Kurt for what the unofficial Shopify podcast has one. There are just so many now. Find one that you like and that resonates with you. We can cut that out if you want, Greg. But yeah, just go to your library. They have free magazines as well if you want to really go into your industry. Don't be don't be afraid of your local library. And the thing that I like most about queuing everything up like that is it gets to be a little surprise. In terms of business information, I tend to read a lot of biographies and autobiographies. Very good. Any favorite ones or, or recent favorite ones you've dug into that you could think of off the top of your head? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it was actually the Steve Martin autobiography, and I just okay. loved a couple of uh, of takeaways from it. One is you have to be better dressed than your audience, and so for OmniSend, this could mean your emails have to be amazing. For Gorgeous, our customer support has to be amazing, and I love that as a takeaway. Whatever you're selling. You have to not oversell it, but really show everything that you could ever possibly do with it. You're not just selling a knife. You're creating Michelin star worthy meals. Here's how to do it. You have to show, let's use that knife example. If you're selling knives, your food photos on your Instagram feed have to look better than customers. And the other thing was that if you have a plan and you believe in it, you have to stick through it. If the audience isn't laughing, they just haven't gotten the joke yet. If you follow the data and you know everything will work, keep riding it through. Maybe something else just isn't working. 
finally, the last thing that I really, really liked was by the time that you've thought about it, it's already antiquated. So looking at the promos that worked last year, looking at what other people are doing and trying to reverse engineer that and copy that, it's a great way to get inspired, but it won't always work out the way that you're expecting it to because there is a little bit of a decay on that. So uh, if I were to sum up the Steve Martin autobiography for three business lessons is be better dressed than your audience, have confidence in yourself. What was the last thing I said again, Greg? You were talking, whatever you're thinking is antiquated. Oh, yes. Be better dressed than your audience, have confidence in yourself, and you have to constantly be replenishing what's working. If you think that not having a live chat on your site is fine because you didn't have it last year, Black Friday, that might be an out-of-date mentality. And at least do yourself the service of 10 minutes of due diligence and just see, do my customers want a live chat on the website? Very good. Uh, last one for you, Lucas. Yes. One meal for the rest of your life. What do you choose? Oh, burritos. Done. Burritos. Yeah, so right. I only eat burritos now anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like easy. <laughs> yeah. Done. Straight through. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. You got it covered? Yeah. Oh, awesome. 100%. If you, go, if you go on my Instagram and go Pumpkin Spice Lucas, you can see me eating burritos all around the world. Done. Very good. Like, I literally only eat burritos. In, in 2019, I ate 500 burritos. I was averaging over one a day. Wow. Do you drink a lot of pumpkin spice coffee or is this like a dig on people that like pumpkin spice? No, I was... So I was out at Starbucks is doing some work and I keep changing my Instagram handle because I lost my usual handle just playing around and they made two orders. So I had two pumpkin spice lattes and I just kind of said two pumpkin spice lattes for pumpkin spice Lucas. And it just kind of stuck. Very good. All right. We'll have in the episode description, show notes, information, how to contact gorgeous you, but why don't you throw that out verbally for us, Lucas, if someone wants to reach out to you or to the company, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, if you just Google Lucas Walker Gorgeous, all, all my social media will, will show up. I'm pretty active on Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera. Shoot me an email, lucas at gorgeous.com. It started out as a joke, and I guess I got to do it. Send me a text message, 416 <laughs> That's my actual phone, so please don't spam me in the middle of the night. Not that Nobody nobody ever does, but I just know it's going to happen at, at some point. But it's also a Canadian number, so if you're on Android, don't get mad when you have a bunch of long-distance charges because you're texting me. <laughs> And then obviously gorgeous.com. If you come in for a demo, if you're on contract with somebody else, we'll buy you out. If you're an existing gorgeous customer listening to this podcast and you know somebody else, we'll, we've got a very generous referral program with where we're giving away an iPhone. And we're about to drop something pretty cool that you'll know it when you see it. Awesome. Appreciate it. Check out the show notes, episode description for all that information there as well. So feel free to reach out to them. Lucas Walker, everyone entrepreneur marketer at gorgeous kind of podcast host he's all over the place so i uh, appreciate your time lucas appreciate the conversation the insights everyone listening and thank you for your time as well if you have any questions comments or again are interested in sharing your e-commerce or email marketing story please let us know at podcast at omnisend.com until next time have a great day and be kind to one another